Hello and welcome back, casuals, to the second episode of the Jeb Board Podcast. This is Grayson Applin, recording from Atlanta, Georgia. With me is the Luke Combs cosplayer, Nick Noah. We've got BB, Brandon, Braze Good Black. We've got Caleb Naylor, the poster child for Mustache Wax. And then finally, we've got the dork of the north, Kyle Oberhart. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Amazing. We got renewed for one more episode. Yep. <laughs> exactly. After we saw those millions of views roll through on our last episode, I was, I was, we, we got to do it again. Um, obviously, we had some technical difficulties on our last episode. Uh, a little bit of choppiness here and there. Um, yeah, it was a little long as well. So we're going to try to cut that down today. And then hopefully we can uh, actually hear BB uh, today. So we'll try to figure <laughs> that out as we go. So, well, getting straight into it, guys. Not uh, waste any time. Fantasy football. The NFL is here. Week one starts Thursday. Um, Thursday night. I, I know everybody's excited to kind of see how their teams play out. We kind of talked about our teams last week. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to do a best and worst matchup for our individual teams. Um, so obviously that's going to be dependent on who the player is, what defense they're matching up against. If somebody picks a defense that going against the offense, so on and so forth. So let's start with our very own Dort, Kyle. Um, who do you have as your best and your worst player for this upcoming fantasy week? So best matchup for me this week is going to be Jefferson against Tampa Bay. As we all know, Tampa Bay is not going to be up to par this year. Sorry to say, Grayson. No, you hate hearing it. But I think Jefferson's going to I've finish accepted with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not be shocked if he finishes with two touchdowns and over 100 receiving yards this game. I think he's going to show out, and it's going to be a great first game of the season for him. Now <laughs> on to Saturn news. Let's go with my worst matchup. Sadly, I'm going to have to put Thomas in. Cup is just, you know, we don't know yet. So Thomas is going to be who we're riding with. He's going against Tennessee. I think Tennessee is going to attack that uh, Derek Carr. I think he's going to have a rough first game. He's not going to get the ball out as much as he likes. And I think they're going to be on Thomas that whole game. Yeah, if he plays. (laughs) Well, either way, I guess there you go. Oh, and Nick, that was a question I wanted to ask you. Um, how do how do you feel about Kyle's worst pick specifically? Uh, we know you kind of Michael have some- Thomas is going to find himself on the bench um, because you know he's got a little spot engraved with his name because you know that's where he loves to sit all season. Um, so yeah, I mean you know quote unquote injury. Um, yeah, no, um, he'll probably play maybe fifteen percent of snaps. Um, so in real realistically um he sucks um so i mean i I don't i would you know i don't know kyle i'd probably try and find someone either you know um on the waiver wire or something um or i mean shoot you might have better chance with cup even though he's listed day to day than michael thomas well you know nick usually you don't have to deal with people missing the first week but man i am just Already kind of screwed on the first week of fantasy, so that's not a good. I thought it was look your that sucked. No, I. What you mean, man? Come on. <laughs> well, and, uh, and so Nick, I guess with that um, leading into you, who do you uh, who do you have as your best and your worst? 
So my best, um, I was kind of deciding between Devontae Adams um, and Justin Fields. Um, I'm going to go Justin Fields um, right now. Uh, you know, he at the beginning of the season, um, he he was rough, but he kind of found his spot in the offense. They've gotten weapons for him now. Um, and he's playing the Packers. Uh, they're playing at home. Um, they haven't beaten the Packers in however many years. Um, but last year, his second game, he got them essentially 20 points. Um, and so I think the step from year two to three with him, I mean, honestly, it's more like one to two because he never really played his first rookie year. But uh, now with the weapons with DJ Moore and Will Herbert without uh, David Montgomery um, taking up space, I think uh, – Fields is going to have a good uh, good opportunity to seriously make some damage against the Packers. Um, my worst matchup right now, I was looking, um, is probably going to be Debo Samuel um, against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh looked really good. Um, they're healthy. They've got their defense. Um, and so I could see Debo becoming, you know, fading a bit in that game. Um, now, I would still start him, um, but just on my roster right now, Debo is looking like he's going to be the – the, the scary one to watch against that defense. Yeah. Well, and going back to fields too, let me ask you, do you expect him to develop his passing game more? Or do you kind of see their offense being more like it was at the end of the year where he's running all over the place? Yeah, I could see him um, probably putting in about 10 more passes. Um, I think uh, they'll trust him a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think the run game's still going to be, you know, heavily involved just because, again, between him and Khalil Herbert, um, that's going to be a good little, you know, dynamic duo right there. And adding DJ Moore, they're going to get the ball to DJ Moore, um, whether that be, you know, sweeps. But I still think DJ Moore has that, you know, breakout uh, potential where, you know, a screenplay to DJ Moore could end up to be 70 yards at a touchdown. So um, I think they'll pass a little bit more, but a lot of it's going to be, you know, still similar to what it was last year. And I, I still expect Justin Fields to rack up the um, rushing yards. And right. Down or two. Yeah. And I know I'm late on this, but I'm going to pull this up here. Um, this is our best and worst matchup. And uh, everybody watching at home, uh, we're going to hold off on the week one EVP for just a second and mainly talk about these matchups. But we'll go back to that later on. Um, so I guess next, Caleb. Um, who are you looking at in terms of best matchups and worst matchups on your team? Best matchups on my team have to be Geno Smith against arguably the worst defense in the LA Rams in the NFL. So the Seahawks offensive line leaves much to be desired, but Geno Smith has the weapons, and LA is just that bad to the point to where I think Geno's not going to have any problem putting up numbers against them. Yeah. Well, what about your uh, so what about your your worst matchup here, James Cook? I know he's going to be sharing a lot of touches because they, I mean, they have a pretty decent or have decent depth at the running back position in Buffalo. You know, I know uh, BB fangirled over uh, Damian Harris last week, so that's one of the ones in the backfield. So, are you saying that he's going to have a bad week because of the Jets' defense or because of the uh, the share of touches and share of possessions? You took the words out of my mouth, Grayson. I would say that the biggest reason is, of course, because he's going to be rotated out. He's in a stable of backs, not so much you know, a definitive lead back. But I think where that makes it likely that he'll be a bust for the week, 
I think it guarantees it that he's playing against the front seven of the New York Jets because they're absolutely nasty. I got you. Um, BB, uh, we see right here you've got Lawrence for uh, Indianapolis or against Indianapolis. How are you feeling about that matchup? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I don't think the Colts defense is going to be able to handle Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, NTN, um, Ingram. Ingram. And uh, I do think, though, that they're on the offensive side. They're going to try to run, be explosive, big plays. They're going to run a lot of play, or I got to come there and go three and out a lot. And it's going to put the defense back on the field. Mm-hmm. Both again. Yeah. Uh, 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 Worst matchup, I got Derek Henry versus the Saints. Uh, coming in, the Saints are top 10 defensive line. And I don't think uh, the Titans O-line is going to really hold up to the Cameron Jordan. Caleb, help me out here. Who's on there? See, Cameron Jordan, uh, uh, Roach. Yeah. So, I mean, I still think, I still think, uh, Henry will hit his like projection quota, but I don't think he's going to have, you don't have, I don't think he's really a good chance for him to, to have like a breakout game. I, gotcha. I think it's more like touchdown based. If he scores, that's going to yeah, be his I, I, I mean, it's got, I got a feeling that the success he's going to have is going to be two yards and a cloud of dust. And then HP power on goal line. But I, th- I think he'll probably get. I think he's he's projected to get. Uh, we know you have a hard time reading, so just yeah. bear with you here. He's projected to get seventeen point one points this week, and uh, I would take that. But I think he's going to be around like fourteen point mark. Makes sense. Well. On the topic of your your best matchup, uh, Lawrence versus Indy, Indianapolis, um, I picked Ridley and uh, versus Indianapolis myself. Um, let me spit some facts to y'all right quick. The Colts, sure. the Colts is an abysmal organization. That is a fact. De- uh, Ursay, Jim Ursay is the new Dan Snyder. That that's a fact. <laughs> he is. The worst owner, especially with how he handled the Jonathan Taylor situation, terrible. Next thing, they drafted AR-15 based off size and athleticism alone. Fact. What he did in college was average, maybe slightly above average for college quarterbacks. So they just drafted the guy because he was a 6'3", 230-pound freak of nature. On top of that, here's another fact for you. There is no one on that defense behind besides DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, and Shaq Leonard. I did not even know a single defensive back by name. Fact. So I think Calvin Ridley goes off. I say that Calvin Ridley hits at least 20 points this week against uh, against Indianapolis. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about that Calvin Ridley, oh, you know, he's going to have that rust and this, that, and the other. There have been reports all up and down the Jaguars saying that he is one of the best receivers that has ever come through Jacksonville. And he is going to be the number one option regardless there. Christian Kirk was a good number one option last year. But when you have someone like Calvin Ridley, who's number one, basically in his prime now, but number two, that's just as athletic and as 
good a receiver as he is, I don't think there's going to be any question. Calvin Ridley, 20-plus points. On the flip side, um, my worst matchup, I went away from the individual uh, players. Um, I think my Miami defense that I have is going to catch some hell against the the Chargers. Agreed. They just – well, with like, like we talked about last week, Nick, the amount of weapons that the Chargers have between Eckler and Keenan Allen and um, – Gerald Everett and who is who is Quentin Johnson, right? Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson. Mike and Williams. Mike, Mike Williams is still on the team too. There's five guys right there on top of Justin Herbert, who could be a breakout for MVP this year. This is this would be his year to do that. So that's gonna definitely gonna be my worst matchup by far on my and team. Ramsey's not playing. And Ramsey's not playing. So yeah, so the what? I think he's up for another six weeks too. Oh cool. yeah. yeah, he's out for a bit. I read yeah, something see. today that said he's not coming back till December. Ooh, that's that's longer than six weeks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so well, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Um, I, like I said, hopefully they can maybe like the defensive line can step up, put some pressure on there. But I know if they give Justin Herbert time, it's going to be a rough, rough day. So. Hoping at least we can break even and no negative points. Um, but moving on from our best and worst matchup, now what we want to talk about now is maybe our, or who is going to be the week one MVP, not just for our team, but in fantasy in general. Who is going to have the most output out of anybody in fantasy? So starting with Caleb, who do, obviously we have it right here, but if you would like to explain your pick. Absolutely. So I could not agree more with Kyle. Kyle uh, pointed out that Justin Jefferson is going to be one of his best matchups this week, and I could not agree more. I, you know, for all the reasons I won't restate that Kyle pointed out, we share the same rationale. He's going to feast on Tampa Bay. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you coming from a Bucks fan. I do not disagree one bit, unfortunately. Um, Kyle. Uh, we see that you have um, Travis Kelsey. If you would like to explain that. Yeah, so, I mean, we all like a Thursday night shootout, don't we? Because let me tell you, Kansas City, Detroit, high-scoring game. You better put that over in, Nick. I know you like to. <laughs> um, favorite matchup right there is Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey. I mean, it's connection. When you're within the red zone, you always see Mahomes go to Kelsey. You know he's the dog. You know he's got that reach. You know he's going to pull it in when he's in that end zone when that pass is passed to him. I think he's just going to show out easily. Big time yeah. MVP this week. I, I would, and on top of that too, with you know, kind of like the lack thereof of Patrick Mahomes' weapons that he has this year. I'm sure he'll find ways to get it to his receivers, but there's all there's been one constant, and it's been Travis Kelsey with for Patrick Mahomes. So I think uh, it's been Nick, like 77 games uh, straight that he's had at least three catches. Yeah, I'm mean, not I mean, surprised at all. He he puts up receiver numbers. He's he's not a tight end. We can all agree on that. When when you're looking at fantasy numbers, football. Kelsey's putting up yeah. receiver numbers. Yeah, and a, a lot of their offense is just run where the defense ain't, yep. you know, go to the hole, Backyard. catch the ball. Yep, exactly. Um, so let's see. Well, Kyle, you, you explained Kelsey, uh, Nick, I know you've got two right here. You're trying to yeah. pick from. 
Yeah, um, it's pretty tough because I keep coming back to it. Um, I mean, two options here. Um, you got Lamar, who's coming off injury. Um, well, I mean, I would say half injury, half somewhat of a holdout for contract. He got his contract, um, and now he's coming up against Houston. Um, the I would say the biggest outlier um, or factor, really, um, would be Will Anderson. But, I mean, even if Will Anderson gets two, three sacks, I mean, that's high. But say he does, I mean, well, that's the rest of the game that Lamar has to eat. And I think Lamar is going to put up big, big numbers. Um, and so I think that Houston defense is just going to be rocked. Um, Saquon, on the other hand, um, he's up against Dallas. Um, last year, he put up 22.6 points, 15.2 points. Um, I think with how he got his contract, he's going to be playing for you know a big max contract deal um, with the way – running backs are going. Um, so he's got to play to keep his money and keep his spot. And so I think he's going to show out uh, week one. And Dallas, you know, Dallas, everything that you've seen through this offseason, it looks like they're sliding. Um, and so I think Saquon's going to be set up to, you know, potentially have one of those week one, three touchdown, two rushing, one pass, you know, whatever it may be. I think Saquon's going to have a equally um, good performance. So, I, I mean, either one or great picks to have in week one yeah i mean i agree i mean you can't really go wrong i mean for the sake of my team i hope saquon uh, breaks out so um and then bb um seems like uh your pick was pretty uh straightforward on who you think your week one mvp is gonna be i don't know if that's confidence or what but if you want to expound on that a little bit more if you if you've already said what you got to say i understand well, it's not even that. I think you said it for me about their defense. I, but, yeah, I, I completely did. I think at some let's see, abysmal organization, Erzay <laughs> is the new Dan Snyder, uh, AR-15 because of the size. Um, there's no household name. All the name. check marks. Yeah, no household <laughs> name on the defense. Uh, they're starting like a D3 player that just got done at like ITT Tech. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think I said that. Yeah, I mean, but besides that, you just if you double Calvin, Christian's Kirk's gonna be open. If you play, if you leave either one of them on Calvin on one on one coverage, he's gonna feast. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel very confident about him being able to distribute the ball, and plus he can make plays with his legs too. He showed it last year with little scrambles here and there. Absolutely. So. Well, and then for mine, um, I mean, I pick I picked Devontae Adams. Uh, he's playing the Denver Broncos. Um, I believe me and Nick talked about it pre-show. Um, he did bad things to Patrick Sertain last year. Um, so I think stats if you need, yeah, (laughs) Uh, nine catches for 101 yards in the first game, the second game, he had, uh, seven catches for 141 yards and two touchdowns. (laughs) Yeah. So I can see that happening again. Um, Especially with the situation at the Raiders right now where he is the definitive wide receiver and probably the only wide receiver that they have. Um, They're going to – I think they're just – Garoppolo – I wouldn't be surprised if Garoppolo targets him 15 times, honestly. And if – I mean, 15 – That's what he got last year. He had 14 uh, targets and 13 targets. So, I mean, 15 is right on par. Yeah. So, 15 drops. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I think – I mean, obviously they're going to try to double him, but, I mean, Devontae Adams I still feel like is in his prime. He may be starting to get on that back slope, but I still think he's in his prime. I still think he's trying to prove a point to everybody. Um, so I, I think he's going to show out and have a, a great week one. Well, since we're done with fantasy – Let's go ahead and talk about some actual NFL. Um, one thing we're going to start doing starting this week for the next six weeks is we're going to do a divisional breakdown of each team. Um, so obviously we're doing a, a new one every week, but starting this week, we are going to talk about the AFC South. So obviously the AFC South is the Titans, the Texans, the the Colts, and the Jaguars. So, yeah, so starting with uh, – BB, since you had a lot to say about Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, uh, why don't you give us your breakdown of that division? Yeah, so I think uh, the Jaguars are either, A, going to run away with it, mm-hmm. or it's going to come down to the last three weeks between them and the Houston Texans. Interesting. I got a feeling, like, I mean, they're young, they're excited, exciting mm-hmm. football. Yeah. So why do, why do you, I was about to say, why do you say the Texans is because they have a great video coordinator? Uh, I cannot confirm or deny that, (laughs) but I just think if you look at the division, Titans or not, I just I have zero faith in them because I I got a feeling they don't know who their quarterback is at this point. Like we talked about last week, Mm -hmm. the Colts are just they're there. Yeah, their team. Yeah, their team. They're not good. They are still registered with the NFL. They still have jerseys. They still play in a stadium. <laughs> yep. About all they have in common with the other two, top two teams. Uh, well, Caleb, what's your uh, what's your analysis on on the on the division? So, not to beat a dead colt, but I can only say and reiterate <laughs> everything. So I won't get into too much of the details because we talked about a lot of them already. Jaguars are looking good in Duval. Agree. Uh, Kyle, what you got? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously it's it's the Jags, uh, Jags division to lose. Um, go back to the Colts, just idiots. You're going to leave your rookie QB with no running back support. Just terrible decision. Way, terrible way to start off his career. Houston, give them a year or two. I think they'll start being better. But that young team Agreed. worries me. I don't think it's going to be this year. And then shit, Tennessee, Tennessee. What quarterback are you gonna put out there, man? You better, you better hope you get something figured out because that quarterback situation is not it. Um, so Jags easily their division. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is gonna dominate that whole division. And I just, I don't see anyone coming close to him. Yeah, Nick, I'm, I'm assuming as you agree shit, on that. As shit <laughs> as the Titans have been, um, I still think they come in second. Um, I don't see any um, – maybe a 1-2 game improvement from last year, um, maybe. But uh, it, it's not going to be a pretty season for them. Um, D-Hop is – I mean, again, I mean, you've seen it with Julio, you know. I mean, it, it's not a good translation. Um, so, I mean, again, it's just Jaguars to lose. If, you know, if they don't win it, you know, we have serious problems within that organization because they have all the weapons, all the tools. Um, but I still time. think the Titans come in second. 
I don't think the other teams have it yet, especially the Colts. Yeah, and I would tend to agree. Um, obviously, my hot take for the year was that the Jags have the best AFC record, and part of that is because I think they're going to blow through the division and win six easy games. Um, I think their roster is stacked. Um, I actually think that the second place team, the second place race, is going to come down to a little bit closer race than everybody's anticipating. Um, still think the Titans come out on top, but I think the Texans make a really good push. I think that D'Amico Ryans is going to start developing a culture down there as his first season as head coach. Um, whereas, so I think they're on the uphill and the Titans are on the downhill. Um, they won't figure out the quarterback situation. They're going to try a lot of experiments with, uh, with all three of the guys that are on the roster right now. Um, unfortunately, I hate to say it because I like him. I, I think D-Hop's going to be a non-factor um, because I think he can go out there and still perform, but you still have to have somebody be able to throw it to you. So I think his stats take a hit from last year. I still think he puts up good stats, but I think it takes a hit from last year. Um, the, the the Texans, like I said, I think they have a good young core. I think they kind of figured out their draft, what they needed and what they wanted. Um, I don't know if C.J. Stroud's the answer, but if he's not the answer, he's a good little short-term piece until he's they find probably the Probably better than Davis Mills. Absolutely, a hundred. I agreed, and then and then finally, if you guys don't know my opinion on the Colts, I mean, you can rewind it yeah. about about ten minutes and see my opinion on the Colts. I just don't think that anything's gonna really happen with them and be uh, worth anything there. I mean, I think they're the worst. Honestly, I think they might be the worst team in the league. We'll we'll have them to in see. Arizona are fighting for it. Yeah, honestly. I mean, if they get three wins, I'll, I'll, I'll be impressed. So, but yeah, def, definitely Jags, Jags by far and away, Titans and, yeah, Titans at second, Houston right behind them at third, maybe by one game, and then Colts bringing up the rear. Um, stretching out and going to the whole NFL, um, like I said, week one is this week, game start Thursday. So what we're going to do this to now is we're going to talk about some game predictions. Uh, we we talked about five games that we kind of felt like are the top five games of week one. And so we're going to go down and kind of break down what who we think is going to win. So, um, Nick, starting with you, uh, let's hear your picks for – let's see. Just, just so everybody is aware, these are the games. We've got Detroit and Kansas City. Got San Francisco and Pittsburgh, Cincinnati and Cleveland, Buffalo and the New York Jets, and then Miami versus the LA Chargers. So that being said, Nick, if you want to run through your picks, yeah. Um, first, I've got the Lions beating and upsetting um, Kansas City. Um, you know, people look at that game and it's a quick, you know, oh, it's cheap. They're you know reigning Super Bowl champions. Um, Lions have something to prove. Um, because they barely missed the playoffs last year, but they're an upcoming team and they had one of the best offenses, you know, statistically last year, um, whereas their defense was the problem. And so I could see, um, you know, the Chiefs every year you see they, they lose one to one game and the first five. I mean, it's always a, you know, a slow start for them. That's just how it is. Um, so I could see the Lions taking them. Um, I've got 49ers taking it. Um, this is my favorite game um, of the week because they're playing uh, Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh looked damn good during the preseason. 
Um, so you're going to have Kyle, uh, um, Kenny Pickett. Um, he's going to be coming out and, you know, trying to establish himself and have that jump from rookie year. But um, I still think the 49ers have too much defense. Um, and it's going to be exciting to see how Brock Purdy pe- uh, plays now that he's established himself truly as their number one quarterback um, and coming off that injury. Um, I've got Cincinnati next. Um, Cincinnati, uh, I think they just have too much to for the Browns to handle. Um, but as we've seen in the last year, Browns weird. They win weird games. Um, you know, mm-hmm. nobody expects it. So I'll say if Browns do win, I wouldn't consider it that big of an upset or that big of a shock. Um, next, I've got the Jets. Uh, I think the Bills have been slipping, and the Jets have a ton of momentum. Now, this isn't me saying the Jets are a Super Bowl team, but week one, based, um, they're going to ride that momentum with Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to come out and, you know, kind of establish an identity. Um, and you always see that, you know, teams start out hot and then fizzle. That could happen, but I've got the Jets, and then I've got my Chargers. Um, two is coming back, um, and their biggest question is their offensive line. But, you know, Miami does have the offense, granted – Chargers bring a lot back on defense and add um, J.C. Jackson back from injury, Eric Hendricks. Um, and so it's really a matter of that offensive line for uh, Miami, but I've got the Chargers. Gotcha. Um, I guess going to – let's go to B.B. B.B., how are we feeling about week one, your uh, slate of games? How are we feeling? Uh, week one, so I got uh... – I got Kansas City at home. They're the Super Bowl champs, and I don't. I think that that game's gonna have too much juice for the, from the our fans. I just don't see it them losing that game. Pick one mm-hmm. big off the Bowl win. Uh, second game, San Francisco game. I have San Francisco by murder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buffalo and the Jets. I had a tough time picking this one. To be honest with you. Like I, I you got the hype train the Jets are, but Buffalo has been the top of that division this whole time. So I think this one's gonna I think I'm gonna go with Buffalo on this one. Probably like a three point game or so. Uh the uh, uh Cincinnati and Cleveland game. Uh like what like Nick said, I think Cincinnati just has too much firepower. So that I think they'll win that one pretty handedly. Yeah. And the last one, Miami and the Chargers. I actually think Miami's going to win. Hmm. I just had that. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I just got that feel in my gut. Early game. He was. I like Bama know. and I like Tua. <laughs> Tua usually gets his concussion about week five, but the first four weeks, he's like a Super Bowl MVP. That's fair. That's like, as long as he's not laying on the ground throwing up gang signs, I mean, he can throw a ball, right? <laughs> yeah. But that, that don't happen to like week seven before a hip injury, concussion syndrome. Yeah. Syndrome, <laughs> concussion syndrome. At, at that point, he has at this point, it's like a sixth concussion he's had in two years. Hey, that uh, reported, reported. Allegedly. 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 Yeah. Um, Kyle, uh, how, how, how do you look, look at this slate of games? So, our first game Detroit and Kansas City. To me, the best time to upset a team is the first week. I think Detroit goes into Kansas City, shoot out of a game. I think Detroit pulls it out. Um, 
big game for both of them. This is going to be a high 30s for both teams to low 40s. It's just going to be a great game, great offensive game. Yeah, now let's go to a D. De- yeah, let's go to a defensive game. Two Smash Mouth teams going at it: San Francisco and Pittsburgh. I mean, I feel bad for those offenses having that as your first game. Man, you're going to get hit. It's going to hurt. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bosa still hasn't got a contract agreement yet. You're right. Yeah. But even with that, I think Christian McCaffrey runs down the throat. I think Purdy gets it. Give me San Francisco on well, that one. Well, he better, he better figure something out because I've yeah, got him better. in our sleeper league. And uh, he's still listed as DNR, so he better uh, start nr and, and or, or just R-ing and reporting because I'm ready yeah. to like make sure I have those fantasy points that week. Well, I'll tell you, if they don't figure it out by week three, that defense is going to start getting a little wore down without him, so they better figure it out. Um, Cincinnati at Cleveland, I will never go against Joe Burrow. On top of that, Deshaun Watson, he's still not – where he was two years ago going against Cincinnati. That's going to be a hard game. So give me old Joe Burrow, baby. Cincinnati's going to win that Buffalo at New York jets, new team coming in with New York jets, even over half of them are Packers. Still a bunch of new people coming in. Give me the Buffalo bills to win that one week one. And then I think the chargers are just too much for Miami. I think their offensive power it's going to be just too much. I don't think Tua, they're going to play pretty safe with him, especially with all the concussions last year. Give me the Chargers on that game. I got you. Uh, Caleb, what you thinking, man? All right, so starting off my predictions, when it comes to Detroit and Kansas City, I have to say one of my favorite coaches in the NFL right now is Dan Campbell, and I really love the energy that he's brought over to the Detroit Lions. And, the Lions definitely aren't the same old Lions that we're all so used to. But unfortunately, the Chiefs are still the same old Chiefs that we are used to. So I think that the Lions make a strong impression on the rest of the league um, and put up a really, really good performance. And I think it's going to be close, but I think the Chiefs just have that little bit more talent on the offensive side of the ball. They, I think they take it home. With the 49ers and Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I tell you, I think we're going to see some of the best defensive play like across the league like in game one, which is going to be excellent. But I think that the 49ers also, Brock Purdy, unless he l- completely lays an egg, he has more offensive weapons that will make him be able to take the W home to San Francisco. For the Bengals and the Browns, I think this will be a really, really fun game to watch. Um, But just like what Kyle said, I'm not betting against Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are able to win easy. I do think it will be a good game. I don't necessarily think it will be a blowout. But I think the Bengals win it handily. With uh, Buffalo and the Jets, I agree with BB. I think that the New York Jets have certainly had a lot of hype. I think they're going to have a good season. But I'm just not buying into all of the hype until I see more evidence on the field. So, like BB said, the Buffalo Bills, they have ruled their own division. And I don't think that's going to change game one. Um, So, I think Buffalo takes that home. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been watching Hard Knocks. It's good television. So, with the LA Chargers, I have them beating the Dolphins. Um... 
I think we're going to be looking at one of the most explosive offenses in the entire league in the L.A. Chargers. I think the Dolphins could have a very explosive offense too, but as as a, I can't believe, I can't remember who brought it up, but the offensive line questions on the Dolphins, I think that's just a bridge too far for them to overcome. So I'm thinking L.A. Chargers win this one, and they win it easy. All right. Well, I'll throw mine, mine in the pot really quick. Um, starting off, Detroit, Kansas City. Um, I think that's actually going to be a tight game. Uh, for the most part, I think that Detroit is actually going to go up early, and then Kansas City, Kansas City figures out some of their uh, kinks later on. Um, but I still think Detroit is going to come out on top. I think that uh, I don't think it's necessarily great that Mahomes is having to like cycle through receivers every year. Um, that being said, I know we still got Kadarius uh, Tony and Isaac Pacheco and Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the backfield. Um, and of course, Travis Kelsey is the staple, one of the staples of that offense. But in the same token, too, I think he's, there's going to be a couple miscues here and there. I think Detroit is a m- more whole of a team, and I think they actually sneak out that what we would consider an upset in week one. San Francisco and Pittsburgh. Hayes, I hope you're listening to this. I will never in a million years pick Pittsburgh to win a game, ever. Not with Kenny Smallhands Pickett. Najee Harris is falling apart at the seams as we saw last year. The Pittsburgh Steelers against the 49ers, especially the 49ers. After we what we talked about today, there's no way. 49ers by a million. So Cincinnati and Cleveland. Um, I have Cincinnati winning with an asterisk beside it. Now, I'm not going to change it. I've already got it written down on paper. Um, I do think that if Joe Burrow does not play week one, I think Cleveland wins. But I am going with this with the or going in this with the assumption that he will play. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow plays. They beat Cleveland. I think Deshaun Watson still has a decent game. And I think Amari Cooper shows signs of the old Amari Cooper. But I think it's gonna be Cincinnati all the way. Buffalo and New York. Um, the Jets. I, I think the hop train's too big. I think the Jets are going to take it. I've said it last week. Um, I think the Bills are on a downhill slope, and I think the Jets are going to take advantage of that. I think the Jets are going to be a scary team in that division and even in the AFC. So I think they come out with a win week one, and then finally Miami and the Chargers. I think the Chargers win. I just think that the Chargers are going to be just an insane offensive machine i think they have the pieces on defense to keep offensive teams at bay this is going to be a good test this week with miami but this this could be realistically a statement game for the Chargers, saying like hey this this could be our year so i'm definitely going the los angeles chargers well since we're done with our game predictions and mostly done with the nfl today we're going to switch our topic back to college uh, college football Week one is past. We have kind of seen some – we've seen some stuff that we expected to see. We saw some surprises on our end especially. Um, So the first thing we want to talk about – we're not going to do too much recapping, but I do want to talk about the game of the week this week, which we kind of all came to a consensus and said it was Colorado and TCU. Um, I'll I'll just open the floor here for you guys. Um, What did we think about that game? Travis Hunter is going to win, be the first Heisman 
to a player. Yes. Really? Yes. Uh, yes. If he continues if he... to play to both sides of the ball all year, Heisman. And, and honestly, right now, the top two, I think, my, me personally, the top two Heisman candidates are Jadur Sanders and Travis Hunter. Yes. So I, I'm going to say this, and God, this is probably going to come back to bite me like all of our predictions last week. I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain it. I really don't. That's a Sanders lot. Hunter. No, Hunter. Hunter, for sure. Yeah. I, I, th- I think Shador Sanders will at least be at the ceremony for the Heisman if he continues to play like he did. I mean, we may be looking at a scenario where it's two players from the same team. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 501 yards passing and what, four touchdowns? Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, oh. that's wild. Um, yeah. But really, with tra- with Hunter, I, like I said, I think he may get burned out. I think eventually he's going to have to pick a side or maybe play like a majority of one side and then come in and like situational stuff. But I mean, y'all, you could be right if he does continue the way he's going. I, yeah, he, he's ab- absolutely going to oh, make it too. And like I yeah. said, I think he can because I mean, granted, he did the same thing last year at Jackson State. Granted, it's not you know not big boy level, but I mean. Yeah, but you, you know, going be. going off that too, Jackson State—that's that's in the deep south. That's heat all the time, almost all the season. You go to Colorado, season gets longer. You start getting a little more cooler weather. It starts getting Air easier air. on the body, and you know it's very possible. Altitude factors into that too. Yeah, but, I mean he's yeah. been up there at training camp during the summer, so I feel like he should be acclimated to it. I feel like honestly, Colorado like better away from Colorado. Colorado, um, I think a very uh, underrated part was the play calling. Um, yes. I yeah. mean, that was the best situation that he could have put Shadur in. Um, and I'm not saying – I mean, Shadur played special. Um, and if the offense, that play calling stays the same, they've got the receivers. Um, and it looked like the O-line, too, um, for Shadur to end up in the top five, top ten you know, the passing yards um, out of everybody if they continue to throw the ball as much as they did. And they had enough running um, attempts and a deep enough, you know, backfield that they were still able to sustain some of the runs. So, um, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not ready to say Colorado's, you know, playoff bound. You know, I still think they could be a, you know, if they're not careful, I could still see them being an eight and five team. Um, but with Travis Hunter, though, talking about sustainability, um, I think uh, I think now um, after seeing how gassed he kind of was towards the end playing, uh, granted he still played, you know, great. Um, I, I could see him kind of limiting that. Um, you know, going off another thing, we got to keep in mind: TCU last year was ranked one hundred and thirtieth in defense. Mm-hmm. That is a very important thing to remember. And another thing, TCU lost their game award winning QB. He, he was one of the biggest reasons they made it to the playoffs because he was there to win. And receiver to the Chargers. Are we still yes. pretending they're good? They were good last year. Well, they're not. BB, I wouldn't even say they were bad. I mean, they made it to the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're, it's hard to good. You know, but this but, year, I think they're they're not as good as they were last year. And that's if your defense is even worse than 130 from last year. And don't get me wrong. Congrats, Deion Sanders. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I said you were going to regret leaving Jackson, Mississippi, but Nebraska's got a little better defense. Let's see what they do next week. Oh, big! Uh, can you hear the big 10 coming out? 
<laughs> I, I don't count Nebraska as a Big Ten. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, Caleb, anything to add on that? Honestly, Kyle said the first thing that was on my mind. Mr. Sanders, I am sincerely sorry for the ignorance I expressed on last week's <laughs> podcast. I understand you kept the receipts. I please ask that you throw mine away. I don't care what you do with these other dumbasses. Just uh, don't keep mine. Uh, I mean, me, Nick, and BB usually just, like, make idiots out of ourselves anyway. So, I mean, that's not going to be anything new for us. Our trademark. Uh, yeah. I regret nothing. <laughs> yeah. Besides the financial advice you gave me. Oh, yeah. Into Texas A&M University. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, your, that's, your, that's your fault. Yeah. Um. So we talked about game of the week, and uh, the player of the week kind of coincides with. I mean, obviously we we talked about him here, but I think it was pretty much consensus that Shadour Sanders was player of the week. Um, not maybe because of shot value, or maybe because I mean it was 501 yards and four touchdowns, but no interceptions. I, no interceptions. I That's mean, the big thing for me. Yeah, the the, the decision making was there. So, um, I mean, is any before we move on, does anybody else have anything to say As, that we could talk about? Which door Sanders? Much of a discredit to TCU's defense. They were still, again, they they were they were ranked towards the last group in defense. But Colorado won one game last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's that. You know, that's the that's the big tone. It's not a matter of how good TCU is this year or how you know how underwhelming they were last year, even reaching the national championship. It's more so a fact that, like, he took Colorado with his 80-something transfers, and he just beat a ranked opponent that they were, you know, an underdog by 20 points. So that says something, and Shadur gets, you know, 80% of that credit for his play. And Kyle and I were talking about that more right after the Colorado game had finished up. And one of the things that I said is, if Deion Sanders carries this team to – you know, being a two or three loss team, I think he is in like major consideration for coach of the year anyway. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a big bounce back from what they were. So, I mean, I mean, you can take it into consideration. It's a whole different team or yeah. literally a whole different team. Um, I don't see why you could. There's, and there's you know, I, we should look I'm at sorry, it too. But... I, was, I just pulled up their schedule. Their toughest road game is that is uh, Oregon. All the in Oregon and Utah with both pick, Oregon with both picks. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you know I uh, would not be surprised. You know he's having fun. <laughs> this could be <laughs> Bo Nix's dark horse year for a Heisman contender. I'm just saying. But I mean, <laughs> but they get they get USC at home in Colorado, uh, and they get Oregon in three weeks, and then the last game of the season gets Utah. So that you, that Utah that's still not a fun schedule. Yeah, yeah it's still no, not it's a not. fun schedule. Uh, Utah, Utah is a hard hitting team. I mean, yeah. you know they they beat Florida pretty good without their starting quarterback, and that goes but, back to their defense just playing smash mouth, put your ass on the ground defense, and we'll see. Well, but I mean, I'm just saying, like it, it's after if they, if they keep that play up, three losses is not that crazy. If they can no, absolutely not. So, and that's and that's something I kind of explained. Uh, I think either me and Nick were talking about it, um, or maybe me and BB. I can't really remember. But one thing you have to factor in consideration is that um, you know no coach their first year 
has a just has a cl- college football playoff year. Nick Saban's first year at Bama, he went what? What was it? Eight and four. Lost, lost to ULM. Yeah, yeah, they lost to ULM. So, like, we really can't be expecting too too much out of. Well, let let me rephrase that. It would be asinine to consider too much out of Deion Sanders because of coaches past. But if they keep up what they're doing now against teams that they're playing, like Nebraska, like Oregon, like Utah, you know, we could be we could be surprised. But to that point about how you know Alabama lost to ULM, Colorado had like eighty plus. D1 transfers into the into their program. 81. 80, yeah, so I mean, I, there was a lot. I know there's uh, Alabama, or tight end receiver. He had a big game there. Yeah. So, I mean. Sanders. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, one thing I got to say, too, is how much of that is motivation? Though? You had all season of people talking bad about your team, saying, oh, you're not going to do it. They're probably not even going to make it to the bowl game. How many? How much of this was, um, you know, motivation going into this game? And are they still going to have that motivation next week? You know, are we going to see a drop off play because of that? And I think that's the X factor of Deion Sanders. Like, you know, everybody I've talked to, if anyone doesn't like Deion Sanders, they say it's because he's egotistical. They say it because he's cocky, overconfident. But the thing is, if he's able to channel that through his players, especially at a school like Colorado. That's where you're playing a whole different ball game. Like humbleness doesn't apply when your pride is on the field. Absolutely. And also, I feel like TCU has been scared to play this game since after the uh, national championship. As soon as uh, Dion went there and all those players came in, they were shitting their pants waiting on this game to come. Yeah. Well, and another thing to remember too, and I'll end it on this. Um, on my part, but uh, they played at TCU talking about yep. motivation as mm-hmm. a factor. They weren't in front of their home crowd with all this, you know, momentum. They played in a hostile sold out TCU stadium. And so, I mean, it, it was a true road game. It wasn't like a, you know, um, next week when they play Nebraska, they're at home. I mean, that, that's going to be, that's going to be a messy game for Nebraska. So they, they, it was impressive that they did it in front of that sold out Texas crowd. Right. Yeah, uh, I guess the last thing I want to say is uh, USC at Colorado, September 30th. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Good one. Well, moving on from that, moving on from our, you know, game of the week, player of the week. um, One thing we're going to do now is we're going to make complete idiots out of ourselves (laughs) because we are going to do way too early college football playoff predictions. Um. Let me pull up our handy-dandy whiteboard here that we made about 30 seconds before this podcast started. And uh, make sure, Caleb, you can see this, right? Yes, sir. Just making sure. So we have listed in no particular order, um, and I know the numbers aren't matching up, but let me explain that. We have listed our four teams that we think is going to get into the college football playoff. Along with that, we have basically put our first two out, which is the obviously two teams at the bottom with stars beside them. So uh, starting with, I guess, with Kyle, if you want to kind of break down, yeah, not necessarily break down the top four, but like I'm more interested in the outlier teams, like why you guys picked those teams. 
Okay. Yeah, well, I'll run through the first four, you know, quickly. You know, Bama last year getting shut out. Never doubt Nick Saban coming off a year like that. He's going to have that uh, team ready. I think they make the playoffs. Michigan in the Big Ten. We also Ohio State play Saturday. They sure don't know what the hell they're doing anymore at offense. Um, give me Michigan winning that easily. Utah with their defense in the Pac-12. I think they take that. I think they go undefeated and they make the playoffs. Clemson, and the reason I pick Clemson is they have Florida State at home. That's going to be the deciding factor. I think that's why they make it into the playoffs. Uh, but going into my outliners, man, Florida State, dang. I mean, well, God, they came out there and just made LSU look. I think they're like the real deal. Yeah, yeah. A great, great QB play. I have his name just slipped my tongue. I can't remember. Travis. Bad. Travis. Yep. Jordan Travis, Travis, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yep. He, God, man, he he scrambled. He got out the pocket. He threw where he needed to throw it. Uh, just great. Um, they need to clean up their penalties. I think once they get that cleaned up, though, they're going to be looking just amazing. But like I said, playing at Clemson, that's a hard place to win. Give me Clemson in that game. That's why they're on the outliner. But, you know, if they play again in the ACC championship, we'll see. We will see. Uh, Georgia, man, what what a joke of a schedule. What a joke <laughs> of a schedule. God, I, they should feel terrible. Don't give me that, oh, six years ago. You're an SEC program. Don't schedule something like that. That is terrible. Um, give me Tennessee actually beating them. Um, okay. Yeah, and that's going to keep them out because how weak their schedule is. Uh, yeah. Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee is going to be in the SEC championship against Bama where I think Bama beats them. I think Bama beats them twice this year, actually. Uh, but Georgia loses one game. They're done. They don't have the schedule. Mm-hmm. And they can't argue and say, like, oh, well, we're, we're, we won last year. Yeah, you're playing UT Martin? What a joke. Well, uh, BB, look, you, uh, you were prepared to say something right there, so why don't you go ahead with yours? Uh, so... My two outliers are Colorado and FSU. The reason why yeah. I don't have FSU in there, all right, I'm looking at the schedule. So they, I mean, they dog walked LSU. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt so, about that. And you want to bring up weak schedules? The only other ranked opponent FSU will play is Clemson in, what, two weeks? Two weeks from now? Yeah. So hmm. on the same the same argument you use for Georgia, the same thing could happen to, to Florida State. So that game, I mean, the only thing that, I don't know where the Tennessee Georgia game is. I, I think it's at actually that is the same situation because that game's in Knoxville this year. Yeah, I was about to say that game's in Knoxville. So, yeah. Yep. I just and like I think they lose that game just because it's you know they're playing away. But really, if the, I mean if they win that game, they can just sleepwalk and they'll be in the playoffs. Fair. So, yeah. And, uh, um, Colorado. That's my hot take for this year. Is they barely miss because they lose to like Utah or USC. All right, uh, Nick, uh, what do you think about your top six? Kyle is still an idiot about his Georgia pick. Um, oh, here we go. I think uh, <laughs> Georgia, um, even if they do have that one loss, as long as it's not the SEC championship, they're in. Um, SEC champion is essentially a lock. At this point, as long as it's a one or two loss team, I'd say two loss. Um, Texas is my most worrisome out of my four guaranteed in. Um, 
because I think uh, the Bama game is going to be their, you know, their qualifying game. Um, and I mean, they'll have to play Oklahoma, but I still think even if they have a tight, you know, loss to Oklahoma, um, I still think Texas goes in. But Texas, they got, they got to step it up. They looked rusty. Um, Michigan and FSU. FSU is the real deal. Um, you know, they're going to. It's again, it's a dogfight between them and Clemson for the ACC. I would say. Um, I wouldn't say Miami. Um, Michigan cakewalk. They'll they're going to beat Ohio State again. Um, my two, I still have LSU on the out six, even though, um, you know, it was, it was a really bad first game. Um, and you know, you saw them almost get in last year with two losses. Um, but LSU's schedule is set up for them. If they don't lose again, um, again, the biggest game is going to be the Alabama game because mm-hmm. that's their at, uh, they're at Alabama. Um, but other games, they've got home field advantage. Like, you know, the um, let's see, the Florida they play Florida, but Florida looked ass. Um, uh, say Arkansas, but still, I mean, those those kind of games, I think they can win. And then all of a sudden, if they beat Bama, they're you know, they're back right back in the SEC championship. Um, so it, you know, that's I still think they have a path. Um, so I, I definitely wouldn't say they're eliminated. I still think they're a great team. I think Brian Kelly. Um, he's going to use this um, kind of like he did with the last time they lost, um, where he's going to use this and really get these guys motivated. Um, or it could go the absolute other way, and you know they become a quickly a seven and five team. Um, and then Clemson, again, it's between them or FSU. Um, so that's that's mine. Yep. Uh, Caleb, what's on your mind? So for me, as far as the Big Ten goes, um, I, I have to consider Ohio State and Michigan a lock. Um, at this point, they're the ones running the show in the Big Ten. Um, for Alabama and UGA, I, you know, I kind of have to echo some of the other reasons people were putting earlier. But, uh, you know, at this point, I have to consider them a lock for the SEC. But where I feel like I've put in a pretty good bit of thought is – I'm thinking Tennessee as my first outlier. Mm-hmm. I, and, you know, I really think it's a possibility that they somehow manage to get into the college football playoff. They play both Alabama and Georgia in the regular season and likely will have to play Alabama again in the SEC championship. And depending on where the cards fall, I think there's opportunities for them to have that path to get into the college football playoff. Um, I think where they'll get a little bit of help at least in the SEC West, I think Auburn. Auburn is highlighting two games in particular, I think, this season. I think they have placed a huge emphasis on preparing for Georgia and a huge emphasis on preparing for the Iron Bowl. Hugh Freeze is wanting to make a statement. (laughs) As always. So when it comes to those two games, I mean, I've I've seen questionable Auburn teams pull it off in my lifetime. And they almost did it last year. Well, exactly. Every time they've won. Let me just say, (laughs) let me just say, I'm scared of Hugh Freeze. I mean, there's not a coach in the SEC that has a more active uh, win record against Nick Saban than Hugh Freeze. Oh, go ahead, baby. Go ahead, BB. Go ahead. Roll tide. Roll tide. What's what you got? Roll tide. Roll tide. Hold on. Let me also let me also just point out my Oklahoma as well. Hooker service we can call. Whatever you get too scared of. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and I have Oklahoma in there there. because it's just, it's nasty anytime you see one team hang 73 points on another team unanswered. So I know it's Arkansas State. Where is Oregon? Yeah. I hate, I trust, I trust Oklahoma more. State Community College. (laughs) That poor duck did 546 push ups, Caleb. Yeah, the duck's wings. (laughs) And I'm sure he's jacked. (laughs) But I, yeah, I'm taking the Sooners. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least Baylor or Texas State beat Baylor. But what Oklahoma did to Texas State set the conference back 10 years. Yeah. Imagine he, making a head coach cry on national TV. That's, that's pretty Poor pretty. Butch. <laughs> yeah. It's always Butch. Every, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Tennessee fans right now are like, good, good. Like, that's what we that's Oh, they're relishing every moment of it. Number 81. And they're like, where's your champions of life now? Yeah, where's your microphone at? You yell at people over the, during practice, you idiot. Um, I saw okay, a question uh, real quick. Uh, what do you say to your team after they've seen you crying and you're down 73-0? to zero? What do you say in the locker room right after? I th- I'm I think resigning. I- I think I go home and say, "Hey guys, I'm gonna go hug my wife." Honestly, probably looked at him and said, "I'm just gonna be real with y'all. Next year, I'm gonna be a football analyst for Nick Saban." To try yeah. to get I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go take that job with SEC Nation. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you take guys go ahead. Go ahead and start dropping names in the pot for your next head coach. Um, <laughs> But, you know who was uh, sorry, but do you know who was a one-time head coach of Arkansas State? Hugh Freeze. Yep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and they hit dire straits when Hugh Freeze went to Ole Miss. You know, Arkansas State's really had a good run of coaches. They really from did. Gus Malzahn, Brian Harson, now Hugh Freeze. Yeah, Ar- yeah, Arkansas State's a feeder school for uh. So, for all for coaches, just like how, 2030, baby. <laughs> all right. Anyway, BB's. Let's see. Is there a way we can mute him? Um, <laughs> I guess that leaves my uh, predictions. Uh, just to go through the top four real quick, I think Tennessee wins the SEC outright. Um, I, I think they beat Georgia. I think they beat either Alabama or LSU in the SEC championship game. Um, Michigan, I think they handled the Big Ten pretty easy. I, I think that's pretty clear cut. Um, uh, Florida State with the, with the ACC, I mean, I think they run through the ACC. I think Clemson is still reeling from last year. I think Clemson will be better as a team, but I think their record record will be similar because I think there's going to be some better teams in the ACC that they have to deal with or possibly get upset by like like a South Carolina or something like that, you know? So, um, and then Georgia, I think Georgia squeaks in because I think their one loss goes to um, Tennessee and then they're not able to play in the SEC championship game and then they jump whatever two loss, uh, two loss SEC West champ or yeah, SEC West contender. Um, then I have Texas. Um, I like Texas, man. I do. I think they, um, I think they're kind of on a revenge tour from last year. I think especially Quinn Ewers. Um, I think they'll give Bama some trouble this week. Um, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of scoot their way up and beat Oklahoma this year, beat Bama next week, and then you know find some finagle way to get in there. Um, and then at six, I have USC just because I don't think their schedule is that hard. I think that I believe most of the hype behind Caleb Williams. 
Um, I think he is a good quarterback. Um, I think he's going to get hurt a little bit not having like Jordan Addison from last year. But I think they will be able to get through their schedule with one loss and potentially be up there. And then like Oklahoma, Oklahoma is also very it's that's a viable opinion. Um, but like I said, I think Texas and USC are going to be more uh, more realistic. So, um, all right. Well, here's some of our uh, favorite times of the show. Uh, we're going to go into week get two game predictions. Uh, right quick, I want to go over the um, records for everybody from last week. Um, so right now we have Caleb at one and four. Great job, buddy. Um, Thanks, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyle, Nick, and BB all are at two and three. And then I somehow squeezed it out to make it three and two. Hey, so I just want to make it clear. If I wasn't bullied last week, I'd be tied with you. Don't you do that. that. Don't you dare do that. Pick Tulane over South Alabama. Like you would have had, like you wouldn't be doing this podcast alone. All four of us would be up there, like walking you through what to say. Even though you would have been right. Um, You'd been tied up in a uh, storage unit somewhere by now. Yeah, he'd be on a t shirt right now. <laughs> Back in the milk carton. Hey, yeah. I'm just three and a half hours from BB. I could pick him up on the way to Milwaukee. Yeah. Have you have you seen this idiot? <laughs> um all right. Well going into our games this week. This week we have this week we have Mississippi and Tulane. Uh then we have Texas AM versus Miami. We have Iowa versus Iowa State. Uh, Texas versus Alabama and Stanford versus USC. Um, we'll do this a little bit different than we did the NFL picks. We'll go game to game. So, um, Kyle, let's hear your uh, Mississippi versus Tulane pick. Yeah, um, give me Ole Miss. Uh, Hugh Freeze got that offense running really good. I think they're going to just run over Tulane. Uh, what you need to fast? Uh, you need to fast forward a couple years. <laughs> who's who's I meant, the? I meant Lane Kiffin. My bad. That's on me. <laughs> Yeah, he's he Lane Kiffin is calling you freeze every every play. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. Right we here. were just on a tangent about it, might be, but Lane Lane Kiffin's got them running really good. Uh, I think their offense is going to be a little too much for Tulane. Okay, Caleb, I tend to agree with Kyle. Um, to be honest, as much attention as that one touchdown that Mercer managed to score against Ole Miss uh, on Saturday, as much attention as that got, I. I don't think it looks good for Tulane. There's a there's a significant amount of competition in the blood of the defensive coordinators and the whole defense as a whole for giving up that one touchdown. So I think that's going to make it even worse for Tulane's offense. And just like Kyle said, I think Ole Miss's offense is just going to swamp Tulane. Yeah. Uh, baby, you shaking your head like you seem to uh, disagree. Oh, yeah. Michael Pratt is going to make Pete Golding retire. <laughs> As often as Every time he sees a, the opposing quarterback drop back, he shits himself because he knows he's going to give up at least 15 yards in a first down. Oh, and uh, honestly, you know, he looked good, I guess, last week. Yeah. So, uh, Nick. Venom. Nick, would you uh would you like to agree or disagree with BB? I agree. Um, I still pick Ole Miss. I think it's going to be one of those uh, fifty to twenty four kind of games. 
Um, I think uh, Tulane will put up some points and kind of expose uh, Pete Golding a bit. Um, but I, I still think there's a good tier list there for uh, for um, Ole Miss to kind of take it away and just outscore them. But Tulane will score yeah. a good bit. Yeah, and um, I mean, after this week, um, I think – I think I would rather floss my teeth with a wooden spoon than ever see Tulane win another game. So that being said, I'm going to go with Ole Miss uh, just out of spite. Um, next game. Next game. Texas A&M versus Miami. Uh, BB, let's start with you here. Who do you got in this uh, matchup? I got Texas A&M. I don't, I don't believe Miami for nothing. Okay. They, I mean, they, they, they skull drug my, the Miami of Ohio. But I think with um, motorcycle men on the offense, I think they're actually going to score points and win by like two touchdowns instead of a field goal like they did last year. All right. Uh, Nick? Opposite. Um, <laughs> this is Jimbo's last year at Texas A&M. Um, Miami, now this is not me saying I'm bought into Miami. Tyler Van Dyke did have a good game, but – I think Miami, they do this every year. They cause themselves to win enough early games to give them hype before they implode. Um, I think uh, I think Miami will, will win by about 10, 14 points. Um, Texas A&M, they looked sloppy to begin um, against New Mexico State. Um, I, I don't see it. Um, they're playing at Miami. Um so I, I just don't see a, a route for Texas A&M yet. Okay, uh, Caleb. So I'm going to go with Miami, just like in alignment with uh, Nick. I have to be honest, in watching that Texas A&M-New Mexico game on Saturday, I have to say, like, early on, Texas A&M looked really, really sloppy. So, mm-hmm. you know, Granted, Miami hasn't really beat a serious contender or anything like that. Um, just like Nick said, I'm not bought in to Miami for the season, but I think they can. I think they can. They can lay it to Texas A&M. All right, uh, and then Caleb, or not Caleb, you're Caleb. Kyle. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm gonna go Miami here. They looked good against you know Ohio of Miami uh, or Miami of Ohio. Ohio. Um, Hugh Freeze yeah, of Ohio. But I <laughs> double O, double H, double I, double O. Um, I you know, I I feel like Miami's a lot better than they were last year. And I think they're gonna definitely cover the spread. And I wouldn't be shocked if Miami pulled off an upset against a Clemson or Florida State this year. They look a lot better. Don't call me a believer, but don't call me a doubter on them. Um Like Nick said, this is Jimbo's last year. And A&M, they're going to, as Kyle said last week, they're going to shell out that oil money to get, get him out of there, and they're going to start a new um, – the Jimbo experiment is done after this year. Um, moving on, Iowa versus Iowa State. Let's start with the uh, Big Ten analyst on the channel, uh, Kyle. Boy, oh, boy, two touchdown passes by Iowa last week. <laughs> Put it in the history books. It's it's over with. Iowa defense is going to be way too much for Iowa State. And you know what? Maybe they'll get another touchdown pass that game, but they're going to definitely win it. Yeah. Uh, Caleb? 
Uh, you know, I have to agree with I have to agree with Kyle there. Uh, it's 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 going to Iowa. You know, yeah. so I'm gonna agree with Kyle, and he pretty much took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, Nick. Uh, y'all are making me pick this game. Um, <laughs> Iowa. Um, I'm not gonna watch it. Um, I doubt I'll see highlights from it. Um, Iowa. BB. <laughs> Uh, this probably be the only time I ever agree with Kyle about anything, but yeah, I was going to win this one by like three touchdowns at least. Yeah, I'll take Iowa as well. Um, that's about hey, it. Is, is this played in the cornfield? Uh, you know, I, I'm just curious. Like the battle of the corn be, in Iowa. Honestly. Yeah, yeah I, I was about to say it's like the field of dreams, except except yeah. playing on a field. They're playing in the middle of the actual cornfield. The, the corn I mean, cob yeah, cup. They yeah. have bowl oh. games at the Yankee Stadium. They should play this game at the Field of Dreams in Nebraska. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a baseball game would be higher scoring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it uh, was at one year. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, moving on to probably our probably going to be our most controversial game of the week: um, Texas versus Alabama. Um, BB, why don't you start us off on this? <laughs> Roll Tide, Paul. Roll Tide. Roll but tied, Paul. All right. That's I think, about, uh, no, but seriously, I, I, I think. I was hoping that was it. I was God. I was hoping that was it. <laughs> no, please, I, please I, expound upon your point of how uh, Alabama is so good and Jalen Milrose, the Heisman, and Nick Saban is Jesus Christ incarnate and keep up any, anything else. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, I watched maybe like five minutes of Alabama uh, game last week because I was watching, you know, some people call it a football game. But uh, I think Bama's just going to run the ball, take the air out of it. So put the pressure on Quentin Ewers to score every time they get the ball because they might not get the ball all that much this week. All right. Um, let's go with uh, let's go with Caleb. All right. So I have to I have to agree with BB, even though BB didn't watch very much of the Alabama game. I have to say it sounds like he did. Um. I think it's going to be very run heavy, just like BB said. They're going to keep it very situational with uh, with Texas and make sure that they take advantage of every possession. But one thing I will say, having actually watched a pretty good bit of the Alabama game, is I I would really like to see some passing plays that give me more confidence in Jalen Milrow's passing ability. Because after good watching that game, I I don't have very high confidence in it. Yeah. I mean, if if look, if Texas can stop the run, which is, I mean, on that right side with Caden Proctor and J- or Otis, the right side, six seven, three fifty, athletic. Don't know. They can stop anyway. that and they have a chance. But <laughs> I think I think it's gonna be a tall task for them, especially in Tuscaloosa. Ah, okay, cool, <laughs> Kyle. Um. You know, Texas got that experience with the QB, and that's a big factor. But Tuscaloosa night game, that's a hard task. Give me Alabama. I hate to say it. Yada, yada. I don't want to hear nothing from you, BB. <laughs> Roll that. Roll that. <laughs> Nick? So, um, it is, uh, it's going to be a sloppy one. Um, I think it's going to be a couple turnovers each. Um, I mean, Texas defense, they picked off Jaden Daniels a couple times. Uh, and I think there's going to be 
Bama makes one more mistake. Um, and when that happens, I think Texas will take it. Um, but it's going to be a low-scoring, kind of sloppy game. Four words. Quinn Ewers' revenge game. Remember, he got borderline targeted and then landed upon and broke his collarbone in the first half of the Bama game last year. And then on top of that, too, there was the insane call about the targeting or roughing the passer call where Bryce Young was somehow upside down and threw the ball and was still going to the ground and got hit, and that was roughing the passer. Yeah, it's called being an athlete. Making an effort, Grayson. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, the officials that game really made some efforts to throw a uh, throw a flag on that play. So, that being said, I think since they got one out of Texas in Austin, I think they I I, I think this this is the game that they plan for. I know Texas is like their big rival is Oklahoma, but you I I think Sarkeesian has been planning for this ever since the Sunday after that game. Um Quinn Ears re- revenge game, Texas goes over. Um Stanford and USC. Uh, uh, let's go with um, – no, I'll start this one off. Um, I think Stanford doesn't have a cold chance in hell. So um, I think it's got pretty pretty straightforward. I think it's going to be Southern California. Caleb Williams shows out. Uh, Nick? I'd agree. I mean, I don't, I don't see any path for Stanford to win unless Caleb Williams goes down with injury. I mean, it's just too much firepower. Um, defense really doesn't even matter. Stanford doesn't have that great of an offense anyways. So it's going to be – I think it's just going to be another game on USC schedule that they just kind of breeze through like the beginning of the season. Yeah. Kyle? So, um, Pac-12 at dark, weird things happen. Um, USC's defense makes anybody's offense looks like uh, – they belong in the NFL. Give me Stanford and that's it. All right. BB. Sweet. Stop. <laughs> I ignored the last thing that you said. That's what <laughs> I said no, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> USC is going to kill Stanford. Stanford hadn't been relevant since uh, Christian McCaffrey was there. Holy. Okay. And then, Caleb, we, we, we got to move on from this. <laughs> I'm having a mini stroke. Well, judging from the way he's talking, Kyle's had the stroke. Um, yeah, USC <laughs> wins this one easily. Um, it's not going to be hardly a contest, and USC's just going to show all the more why the Pac-12's dying. Yeah. Well, moving on from our picks, um, right quick, want to talk about our upset watch of the week, um, which is App State versus UNC, uh, North Carolina. Uh, just opening the floor here for everybody. Um, what does what does App State have to do to beat North Carolina this week? Uh, Drake May. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's plain and simple. It's going to be they need to uh, possess uh, the ball. They they need to take away, you know, with the new rule where the uh, clock does not stop on first downs except for the uh, last two minutes of the half and at the end of the game. Um, they need to. Um, slow the ball down um last several times app state is the the one team to do it um based on their recent upset success um they they just need to limit possessions for north carolina and that's what they did last year and won so um i mean i think it's going to be very similar um but i again this is an upset alert for a reason it's not 
us saying that we predict this to happen, but this is the most likely, and I would agree that you know that's how they do it. Yeah. Um, going off at, uh, App State's game last week, if they start off that slow like they did last week, they don't have a prayer. North Carolina is going to put points up. You're going to have to get on that board, and you're going to have to get on that board quick. If you don't, you're going to be playing catch-up, and I don't think you're going to catch up to North Carolina. So score quick, and that's your best bet. Mm-hmm. Anything else by anybody else? No. no, I think Nick said it best. I think he yeah, agreed. I agree. Um, right quick, quick interjection, right quick for our last segment. Um, Duke is beating Clemson six to nothing at the start. Oh of no! <laughs> so just throwing that out there. Um, moving on, Blue Devils. Yeah, moving on to our last segment of the show, guys. We uh, we're adding this one. This is going to be a staple uh, for our show every week. Um, it is now time for Kyle's out of pocket pick of the week. Um, this is where Kyle looks at the college football schedule and sees a game that he thinks is going to go well and explain it. So, Kyle, the floor is yours. Guys, especially Caleb, Oklahoma are frauds. Every year, first game of the year, they put up 60-plus points, and every year, Oklahoma, man, they're going to be playoff. That is a joke. Do not fall for it. They are playing SMU. Let me tell you what SMU's quarterback, Mr. Preston Stone, did last week. Three touchdown passes. With 248 yards. Now, let me tell you about their running back, LG Johnson. 128 yards on the ground with a touchdown. You know how many passing yards Oklahoma gave up against a joke of Arkansas State team? It's 160 yards in the passing. Give me SMU to cover and cover easily, and I would not be shocked if they beat Oklahoma because Oklahoma are frauds. What's the spread? Uh, I think right now it's 17 and a half. Really? Yeah. All right. Um Kyle, who they put the <laughs> they put the the tasting agent in the computer duster so that you don't huff it. Not so that you do. Okay? So Oklahoma is going to easily beat the spread on SMU. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, I I understand that we give you this segment and you and you, you got to push the envelope a little bit. I never agreed to this. But you don't got to run <laughs> off of the cliff here. Yeah. Uh, well, Kyle slid me 20 bucks for this segment. So I... <laughs> yeah. Um, S- I gave you 25 for not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> SMU will cover that spread this weekend. Yeah. And we can stop the fraud talk about Oklahoma. I also Everybody like how he caveated, you know, easily, you know, he could have easily just said SMU is going to beat Oklahoma, but you could tell internally he walked it back and was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the spread first. Um, <laughs> insinuate that SMU slam. can beat Oklahoma. Everybody at home needs to slam on the bets that Oklahoma is covering this week. Oh, free yeah. money. Yeah. Not, not even close. Oh my God! If by some way he dumb luck, like if by some way he's dumb luck right, he's gonna be intolerable. I'm not gonna be able to do this next week. He's gonna show his balls on camera again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, your friends is gonna lead SMU to victory. (laughs) He says pantsless. Um, Well, guys, uh, that's it. the episode two of the Jeb Board podcast is officially adjourned. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening at home, and uh, we'll catch y'all next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>